Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to another episode of Parenting Today. I'm John Parrott. And my name is Kurt Cooper. Kurt, it's good to, uh, good to be with you again. It's crazy. We're uh, in our sixth episode. Um, yeah, so uh, it's been fun getting to Whoa. talk to you. We, we've covered, uh, you know, we've talked about YouTube, we've talked about video games, we've talked about movies, uh, talked about uh, family worship, and today um, a subject uh, that's very uh, serious is uh, the subject of pornography. Um, to just be very open and, and honest about this, I, I get sick of talking about pornography. Um, I get tired mm. of talking about it. Um, but I'm convinced we absolutely must continue uh, to talk about it. Um, I think in some ways it seems like as I've you know, been in student ministry a while and have uh, you know, talked about this subject with parents and you know, in large group settings, small groups, settings, one-to-one, just conversations, um, it seems like the, the familiarity of it um, is becoming a, a ploy of Satan to kind of get us to stop talking about it, that we think, okay, People are aware of this issue. Uh, what what more can be said about it? But because mm-hmm. it's, it's prevalence, I think it's just it's got to be an ongoing conversation. Um, so that's where, where Kurt and I are going to um, to go in, in in this episode today on Tuesday, and then also on on Thursday. Um, so Kurt, do you do you kind of feel that way? I guess as we're starting out, do you just feel like you're talking about this all the time, or, or what are your thoughts on that? Um. I don't know if I feel like I'm talking about it all the time, but I feel like it's something that is, uh, it's just always there. It's always there um, to talk about. Uh, I feel like it's like not, I don't say this in a bad way, but I feel like it's the go-to sin when people want to talk about serious sin. Um, I think it's replaced alcoholism. Alcoholism, I would say in the, in, uh, pre-internet era alcohol and drug use was like the go-to sin of like this is how you know that your life has really you know gone off the rails um and this is the sin that maybe the that were was the hobby horse or the soapbox of a lot of pastors Hmm. was alcoholism and uh and now i think because of the way that pornography has exploded on the internet i think this is the go-to uh, sin. So when a pastor is preaching a sermon and wants to bring the gravity of the situation up, this is the sin that he typically talks about. So I don't feel like I'm necessarily talking about it all the time, although I feel like we talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's the it's the prevailing sin of the age, mm-hmm. um, if I can say that, or it's the sin that um, gets mentioned um, the most. And I, just before we even get started, I just want to—I was just thinking about this, but um, you know. Uh, whatever the prevailing sin of the age is, there's a danger in that, um, in that if you don't struggle with that particular sin, then you can think that you are really living the Christ life and really you're just a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. That was certainly the case of teetotalers. Um, if I had been a pastor in a different age, um, you know, uh, and, and if I, if I don't drink, then it's really easy to harp on that sin. And it's also really easy to feel like you're really doing well just because you're simply not doing that sin and ignoring other grievous sins in your life. And certainly that can be the case here as well is that, um, is that it's, it's very 
it's we're right um, to recognize the seriousness of sexual sin. Certainly, Jesus did. Um, uh, but if you're not dealing with that, um, someone you know is, or um, more importantly, like you know, it is a sin amongst many other sins. So even if you're doing really well on this on in this part of your spiritual life, it doesn't mean that. Um, you're better off than people who are struggling here or whatever. I feel like that's important to mention. I feel like that happened a lot with alcoholism. Um, and I could see how it could happen here too. Yeah. That's that's a good reminder. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it has kind of become the go-to, uh, sin to discuss from the pulpit. But obviously we know that Mm -hmm. that much of that's due to the the prevalence of this issue as we'll we'll get into. And kind of a a side note as I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of this is, you know, we on, on the, local youth worker podcast, um, which is another podcast by RYM. We had uh, Ligon Duncan, Dr. Ligon Duncan, who is the uh, chancellor and CEO of Reformed Theological Seminary. And just kind of a question uh, we had was, what's the difference between seminary students kind of today compared to years ago? And I mean, he brought up this issue. Um, He brought up the issue of pornography and just how that's kind of shaped the classroom, shaped the discussion. and anyway, that was just kind of, I mean, yes, again, I know it's it's a prevalent issue, but I just hadn't really thought about how that's going to affect kind of the teaching in the classroom at seminaries. But um, I, I thought that was interesting that he brought that up. Mm-hmm. So I guess without further ado, let's go ahead and get into um, creation today and then fall as well. And then on Thursday, we'll uh, talk about redemption. And obviously, we, we did kind of joke even though we know this is a serious episode and we're talking about pornography we joked about how do we redeem porn um and so obviously we're not talking about redeeming porn um but thinking of it in a, in a biblical way and uh, kind of some you know um ways to to push back against the prevalence that's what we'll discuss on thursday but just jumping into creation um we know as we said plenty of times and will be repeated as we use this framework is that mankind is created in God's image. We see that in Genesis 1, uh, 26 through 28. Uh, God says, you know, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And I've, I've said this before. Uh, some might have heard me say this. But really, I mean, he's, he is talking about sex there. Um, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. I mean, that is talking about sex. And of course, there is so much more there than sex. It's not just sex God is talking about, um, but that is um, a command uh, for sure to, um, to, to have sex, if we want to you know, put it that way. And, um, and so we, we need to be, be reminded that uh, we are created as sexual beings, um, that sex is a good thing. Uh, we need to, uh, to see that, to affirm that as Christians, to have a proper understanding of sex, uh, that sex was God's invention, that God um, created this, uh, that God created us as sexual beings. And so I think that the kind of knee jerk of many parents is to um, just discuss the bad and look at the bad. But seeing it through this creational lens, we've got to see it as good and something that God mm-hmm. has created as good. And that's what we've got to be teaching our children, you know, off the bat. Um, and so really just kind of. Um, going ahead and just kind of getting into the fall a little bit, we, we need to see that, um, you know, if we can say the quote-unquote good of pornography, uh, porn is actually tapping into this uh, creational reality. Um, pornography has, has realized, you know, without using the word, that 
we are created as sexual beings and that, that we were wired um, with a sexual drive and porn is exploiting that obviously in a sinful way. So I'm not saying mm -hmm. pornography is a good thing, but pornography is tapping into the good um, in uh, the way that we were uh, created um, as image bearers of God and obviously, like I said, just exploits that for selfish gain. Mm. And I also I think it's important to mention that um, that lust, which is what we're really talking about, what we're really talking about is lust. We're not really talking about pornography, although that's certainly how we'll label this, that, this episode and this issue. Um, but lust has been around um, since the fall. Um, lust has been around uh, since the fall, and what pornography has done is has made lust efficient. Um, it is, uh, you know, that lots of times that's what our technology does. Is our technology makes uh, things easier, that makes them more efficient, uh, good things and bad things. Uh, it's more efficient to uh, insult people now than it's ever been before. Just go on Twitter, and you can find out how easy and efficient it is. Um, it's also uh, just more. You know, as easy as possible to communicate uh, good things, um, to encourage. Um, so, uh, technology itself is um, uh, makes things efficient. And what uh, what the internet has done with pornography is it's made lust extremely efficient, um, which is why it's such a prevalent issue today. I mm -hmm. just felt like I needed to mention that. Um, talking about, uh, you mentioned the fact that we're you know, created with a sexual desire and that's God's design. And I think it's also important to realize is that, especially for parents is that, um, we, we have to promote a positive view of sex, um, in our homes, or we run the risk of pushing our students toward pornography. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't talk about sex if it's a forbidden or a taboo subject. Um, if we don't um, acknowledge it, then we are, you know, in, we are almost implicitly pushing our students toward uh, toward it by making it uh, taboo. Um, and I think that is another factor in the explosion of pornography use. Is uh, I mean, the internet and technology cannot be discounted. That's probably the majority of the reason because lust has always been around. But um, also, I think we run into I think I've seen this a lot um, in youth ministry and, and heard other youth ministers and other you know, student ministers and senior ministers talk about this. But um, a refusal, a refusal because of some kind of like Victorian prudishness to talk about sex in any way with our children has actually pushed them toward pornography instead mm -hmm. of away from it. Um, the very thing that we feared um, was the thing that we actually um, produced. Uh, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say. Absolutely, and I, yeah, I couldn't agree. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's just like you said. It's giving our children just implicitly giving them this understanding that this is, you know, uh, something they they can't go to their parents to talk about. It's all bad. Yep. And all this, and so you know, they cannot suppress these sexual desires that are hardwired into them, and so they don't mm -hmm. know what to do with them. But they know, okay, this is something. I guess mom and dad are, are not willing, are wanting to talk about. And so, um, yeah. And so, yeah, it makes sense for sure. I think I heard a, another youth minister say this the other day, but before we go any further in this conversation, um, he said there was a dad in his youth ministry and he didn't always agree with everything that his dad, that this dad did with his students as far as like um, what he allowed them to do or whatever. 
Um, he said, but one thing that he thought was interesting is that he said this dad had a policy with his children, which is that no question was off limits mm-hmm. um, with him, that there was nothing that was off limits to talk about. They're like, like they're nothing. And I mean, I think that's probably if, if we asked, I don't know this parent. So if we asked him, I'm sure that was age appropriate. I'm sure if his six year old asked him some kind of lurid question that she heard somewhere that he would have, you know, uh, handle that in an appropriate manner. Um, sure, but sure. I think that when we talk about teenagers, especially when we talk about people who are in the throes of puberty um, and have, you know, these, you know, hormones that they can barely control, um, we have to, we have to talk about these things. They're going to learn about sex from someone. Um, yes. Do you want it to be you? Or do you want it to be, you know, the Google. pornography, Google, yeah. internet pornography? Yeah, 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 yeah sure, um, sure. I'm sure Google would not appreciate that, but um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, but yeah, do you want, do you want, do you want, want them to learn? And not to mention the fact we haven't even gotten into the fact that you know pornography is also a lie. Um, I guess we're going to cover that and. Um, but the sex that is portrayed in pornography is not, and they're, they're actors and they're acting. Um, yeah. And it's not real intimacy. And we're going to talk about all of that too. But um, do you want your students, um, and this is talk about, we talked in our, <laughs> in some ways, family worship is like a preparation for this one because we talked about how it's intimidating uh, to lead family worship. Um, but you want to talk about something that's really intimidating. Um, <laughs> once you sit down with your, you know, 13 or your 12 year old boy, um, to talk about, uh, sex, a lot of parents are really intimidated to do that and not sure how to do it. And I'll go ahead and say, before we get into the redemptive side of this, is that the answer is that it can't start when they're 12 or 13. Yes, um, yeah. it has to start much younger than that. Absolutely. But, Let's 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 let's. I've gotten ahead of myself as I always do in this podcast. John's going to fire me. No, um, <laughs> I think, the, uh, I think it's good. I, I, we got to leave something for Thursday. But I, I guess just to sum up my my incoherent rambling is that um, if you don't talk about if we don't talk about sex and we don't talk about it in a positive light too, um, if we don't talk about it for its good, um, then. Uh, we run the risk of pushing our children toward pornography. They're always, they're already going to be drawn toward it, and there's already going to be outside pressure drawing them toward it. And if we're not careful in the way that we handle it, um, we can help in that regard. When we, we really want to help pull them away, we can be pushing them toward something that we know hurts them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that, that's good. And I'm glad you also started with, uh, you know, just lust, um, because I think sometimes when people hear the word porn or, you know, pornography, they think, okay, well, I'm staying away from that. Um, And and they actually, you know, there are ways in which, you know, lust is very insidious and it's, um, like you said, it's always been around. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, (laughs) confronted us with that as, you know, the Pharisees thought they were keeping the law by not committing adultery. And he's saying, no, if you've looked at anyone lustfully, you've committed adultery. And so Jesus raised the bar on our understanding of, of the law and obviously pointing us to himself saying, look, I'm the only one who, who did this perfectly and you need me um, ultimately through that. Um, but, but I think we've got to look at, <clears throat> I think there's some, you know, parents, I mean, something I've uh, tried to, to communicate is that, it, it, I mean, we need to have a proper understanding of what pornography is. 
Um, and I think Tim Chester, he gives a very broad definition. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he says basically something, you know, anything that we can use for, you know, sexual um, pleasure, whether it was intended for that purpose or not. It's a very broad definition. And I think by using that broad definition, it helps us to see, look, um, it could be uh, images of, you know, let's just take actor or actress with their clothes on. Um, but still being presented in a very sensual manner that's kind of causing mm -hmm. us to lust. Um, I think we've got to be careful of that. I mean, sometimes, you know, when I hear um, my students, and, and I will say that, that typically um, I've noticed, and I'm, I'm not trying to cause any extra um, uh, controversy here, but I've noticed female students being more vocal about, you know, hot guys, um, you know, whether they're actors or they, they seem to be more vocal, more outspoken. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if there's an actor with his shirt off or whatever and them talking about that, to me, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, okay, how is that not lusting? You know, what you're, what you're doing there and what you're, mm -hmm. what you're talking about. And, of course, in these movies, they're, they're trying to get you to lust, whether they realize it or not. When they're showing, yeah. showing someone's physique or whatever and they've got them in a certain light and the way they're posed and all of that, it's getting you to you know appreciate that but let's say go farther and lust after that and so just mm -hmm. as, as parents we've got to be um you know defining it for our children helping them understand the nature of lust um and not just okay yeah they had their um you know there was nothing explicit you know there was no explicit nudity and and students thinking well they're okay as long as it doesn't get explicit um but we've got to yeah we've got to be communicating that there's implicit um uh, there that we need to be cautious of does that make sense yeah yeah it's so important to realize that yeah um the it's worse you know not to quote tim keller but it's worse than you imagine we're more loved than we ever imagined but also um the problem is much worse than um okay my you know my son or my daughter is looking at um internet pornography well if i can just stop that if i can just stop their access to the internet then i'll you know which maybe that might be a good start, but I've solved the problem. Well, your son or your daughter has a lust problem, um, and they can lust after um, anybody. They don't need the internet. Um, the internet revealed that problem. The internet is not necessarily the exact problem. The problem is inside their heart. Um, and, and so anyway, any discussion of pornography has to begin um, with the fact that um, that our hearts are broken and that our sexual desire, which was given to us and it was good, has been um, twisted uh, by sin. And uh, and that is our problem is is inside our hearts. And, you know, I know that you were going to mention this, John, but I'll go ahead and steal your thunder a little bit. But l let's just go ahead and say a couple of things. Um, first, your students are probably looking at porn. Um, that is a hard thing for anyone to hear. Um and uh, especially you think about your sweet, you know, you know, five-year-old or your sweet eight-year-old son or daughter. Um, and uh, and you remember them, you know, when they were into Barney, or, you know, or, you know, <laughs> or they were watching Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, and now they're uh, 10, 11, 12, 13. It, it keeps getting younger. I keep hearing about people younger and younger that fall um, that yeah. fall into this, eight, but eight, let's just say eight, nine, and ten. That is the the yeah. kind of common exposure around those ages. Yeah, the statistics sh sh say you would be foolish to assume that your student is different. 
Um, the safe regard, you know, the safe move is to assume that they are being exposed um, to pornography in one way or another. And we have to start from that perspective. Um, we have to start from that perspective. We can't, as you know, as youth ministers, lots of times I worry about introducing sin to people. Like you want to address a particular sin, and especially this sin. Um, you want to address a particular sin, and maybe you're speaking to seventh through twelfth graders. You're speaking to everybody, and you you know you know you feel pretty confident that the um, you know to talking about this with you know sophomores, juniors, seniors in high school. Um, but then you worry to yourself, you know. A seventh grader, you know, 12 or 13 years old, am I introducing them to a sin? And we just need to expel any of those ideas from our mind because the statistics show over and over again that it's way before then um, that students start getting exposed um, to pornography. And so I come from the idea, um, always thinking the best of our students and not judging them in this any you know, in any way or thinking that they're um, um, looking down on them, but just assuming that they are exposed to and possibly watching pornography. Um, that's yeah. how I think of, because I feel like that's kind of how I have to think about it. Yeah, sure. And, and I think it's important too um, that, that we need to say this and, and didn't say it kind of in the, the creational section, but I know kind of mm-hmm. here we're going back and forth is that we need mm-hmm. to be reminded too, you know, as um, we think of, you know, God's context for sex is, is in marriage. And we know that ultimately mm-hmm. God created marriage to be an illustration of his love for his church. And mm-hmm. so really seeing this, I mean, that that is, <laughs> that's, we can think of all these other wicked implications of pornography. But in, in our minds as Christians, I mean, that's mm-hmm. got to be the biggest, that this is a distortion of God's, you know, ultimate you know, trying to communicate his love for his church. I mean, pornography is is attempting to undermine that. And so we need to, you know, begin seeing this as sin against God. That's why it's so wicked. Um, but then obviously it's, it's sin against others. It is, you know, hurting and destroying our students. And um, I mean, it is, you know, you, we were mentioning some of the stats of the ages. Um, I, I read recently that, 11,000 pornographic videos are produced every year, and that ends up being about 30 pornographic videos a day, um, which is crazy to think about. Um, The amount of money that the porn industry makes is um, more than the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball combined. And so just the the kind of the power of pornography, and, and this leads into kind of how it's getting to our students, that there's so much, it's such a, you know, profitable you know business if you can call it a business you know put that in uh, quotes there um that it's thinking of how it can can get to your children um that you know when it hears when when the porn industry hears that a an app is popular for example um it goes after that app and it tries to you know get um you know advertisements that can pop up on that app that can be a gateway to lead your children to pornography but kind of having that like you said, that understanding of your children are most likely looking at it, um, but but knowing that you know it's coming after your children, it's trying to mm-hmm. find them, and just kind of functioning under that mindset, um, I think is is helpful for parents just to continue to be diligent um, uh, to um, yeah protect their children from this because it, it is coming after them. Yeah, it, it yeah it's it's uh, leaving a lot of destruction in its wake, obviously. That is the difference. I, you know, I talked about, um, I did a 
talking to our church about, it was really about technology. Um, but one of the things that I mentioned was that um, it used to be that you had to go find pornography, but now pornography is coming to find you. Um, and, uh, you know, before uh, the internet, uh, you really, you know, you really did um, have to seek it out. You know, pornography was something, you know, hidden behind, uh, you know, gas station shelves, uh, magazines hidden beside, behind uh, the counter at gas stations or um, something that uh, you had to mail off for or whatever. Um, but uh, but now now pornography comes to find you. And comes to find your student. Um, it's out seeking you. It's um, it is prowling around like a roaring lion. Lion, excuse me, waiting to be devoured, uh, waiting to devour us. And um, and we have to be very careful about that. So we just need to acknowledge that it's not a judgment of our students. It's it's, a, it's an acknowledgement of the reality of the environment in which they are growing up and the reality that they face. That um, that pornography is out there, and um, and more than likely. Uh, even if we don't like to think about it, more than likely our students are being exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and just to, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you know, reminding us of the wickedness of it first and foremost, it's sin against God, and as Christians, that mm-hmm. needs to um, sober us uh, and move us to repentance. Um, that needs to be kind of the motivating factor. But also, I, I just want to emphasize the the wickedness uh, in other areas as well, because I do think that there are some some parents out there at times that kind of seem to think of, oh, well, this is something everybody just does. And, you know, my kids mm. struggle with it and kind of belittle it a little bit um, to know that, I mean, there are, you know, source after source after source citing just, you know, pornography has been linked, you know, to rape, uh, to pedophilia, to sex, you know, trafficking, um, to, you know, kidnapping, uh, to suicide and depression, uh, impotence, you know, later in, in marriage and just to, to know, I mean, it is causing great destruction. And so just if, if parents are sitting there listening to this and just thinking, well, there's so many other issues to deal with and I, I don't feel comfortable enough bringing this up or, or talking about it or whatever, uh, to encourage parents uh, to to discuss this um, and to hopefully sober them to the realities of the wickedness of pornography. Um, so... Uh, you know, Kurt, I mean, we, we've, again, talked about creation and how we're created as sexual beings and then talked about the fall aspects of it and the stats. And, um, you know, it's on our, our kids' smartphones if they have any kind of, you know, um, app. I mean, Instagram and Snapchat, we know it's all over those. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, we've kind of covered some ground there. Do you feel like there's anything else we need to, to bring up before we move on to redemption? Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that about not treating it seriously. Um, uh, but I think that everything that what do we do is the next question. Okay. So it's a serious problem. Okay. Well, as a parent, I think the next question that anyone is going to ask is, well, what can I do? Um, what can I do to help my child? And I think that's what we're going to cover on Thursday. So I think we should just shut it off right here and, um, and we'll see, we'll see everybody again, um, on Thursday to talk about redemption and can you be redeemed from pornography? And I think the obvious answer to that is yes, that we know that you can, um, because Jesus Christ, um, uh, has saved people from, all kinds of depravity. So, and certainly he saves people from this too. So I think we know that's true, but I guess we can come back on, we can leave on that note uh, and talk about Thursday. What do we do? What do we do to help? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that that's wise, Kurt, to, to leave us with the gospel and not just hold off until Thursday to talk about that. So, yeah, I think you're wise to, to yeah. point us there if there's anyone listening and discouraged to, to point to the gospel. So that's a good word, Kurt. All right. Well, John, I will see you Thursday, and we'll keep we'll keep talking. Sounds good.